Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Exurgat Deus disipentur inimici eius, et fugiancio derunteum apache eius. Let God arise, and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Well, by now I'm sure you've heard the news. I'm sure you've heard the news. Bishop Strickland, Bishop Joseph Strickland, His Excellency, of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, has been removed by Pope Francis, supposedly for maladministration of his diocese, although they didn't say exactly how. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defend the nos in prayer. Contra iniquitiam et insidias, diaboli est opraesidio. Imperatili Deus, supplicus de pecamur, fici princeps militae calestis, satana malios, que spiritus malignos, que ad perditionem animarum, per regantur in mundo divina virtute, 
infernum detruida. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum, miserere nobis. Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus de Austriae, ora pro nobis. And as an extra special, specifically for the good bishop, Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So it's actually quite awful that um, the good bishop, and when I say the good bishop, so like the good bishop, this phrase, the good, like when you put like the good corporal or the good sergeant or the good uh, officer or whatever, uh, sometimes it can be construed to be sarcastic. And I don't want that to be the thing that comes to reveal. I have nothing but the utmost respect for Joseph, for Bishop Joseph Strickland. I really had, like, I legitimately wish I could actually say Joseph Cardinal Strickland. It would make me feel so much better. Um, <clears throat> because a man like him really should be a cardinal. The, <clears throat> the thing is, if I were to go back, like, three, four years ago-ish, somewhere in there, um, right around the time that Bishop Strickland celebrated his first pontifical high mass. And I will tell you that his his Latin leaves much to be desired. <laughs> um, you know, being, uh, I, I would imagine based on his accent that he's actually born and raised in Texas. And the Texas English accent is not particularly conducive to uh, proper pronunciation of the Latin. Um, is what it is. I mean, you know, and I've not... I'll take his holiness over his enunciation any day. I'll, I'll put it like that. Um, but it does hurt sometimes. Um, the, uh, just a real quick aside, the Americans at the Second Vatican Council insisted on putting everything out in Latin, and it was very much not Latin. Like, they needed a translator for the Latin translation. Um... It's, yeah, it's, <clears throat> you get, uh, you know, Benedicta tu in mulieribus, kind of very like that. It, 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 it can be painful. Um, <clears throat> but that's enough of that. that. You know, that's nonsense. I mean, literally, that would be, that is in the category of nonsense. The thing is, is when I look at what, what it is that they did in doing this. <clears throat> you don't see it too much in movies and television anymore. But it used to be people understood that the more a despot tightened his grip on his vassals and on his subjects, the harder he tightened his grip, the more strength and effort he used to try to keep them in his grasp, the more they slipped through his fingers. It was, it's, we always sort of understood that if you attempt to hold sand really, really tight, then what ends up happening is you end up pressing the grains of sand out of the grip, and you end up with next to nothing left over. And literally, the only thing, like if you've ever actually been to the beach, and done that yourself with sand or like at a sandbox or something. 
The only thing that is ever actually left in your hands when you finally clench your fist all the way down is the sand that's simply left softly and gently within the open spaces between your fingers. And we used to understand that this was very much a, a parable, um, an analog to society, to communities. That the more someone who was in control and in charge of a community, the tighter they gripped onto that power, the less of that power they would keep for themselves. And so seeing what has happened, in particular in these last couple of weeks, with the reincarnation of Father Rupnik in wherever, I think Slovenia, um, you know, that, that weird creep, nun abuser, Rupnik, he gets reincarnated. You have people promoted, like, for example, I'm actually very happy that they renamed the, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith to the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith because it lets me know that everything entitled Dicastery is probably pointless. <clears throat> Every time I hear the word Dicastery, because for some reason, American, like in the West, when we pronounce it, it's always Dicastery. And all I hear in my mind is that the die is cast, that we're on the final gambit, that this is the time. And I don't know if that's me reading into the times or whatever. Honestly, I don't know. But the word dicastery, every time I hear it, it sounds to me like a final gambit. So we had the Holy Office of the Inquisition, and then it was just the Holy Office because the Inquisition seemed too harsh. And then they were like, well, you know what? We're going to change it to the Congregation for the Doctrine and the Faith. And I mean, you know, okay, cool, CDF, whatever. Um, and then they went with DDF, which sounds a little bit too much like DTF, which is a phrase that I cannot say on this podcast because it's that vulgar. And it's those parallels that keep running through my mind. See, one of the things I love about God is the way he paints perfectly straight with crooked lines. It's one of the, it, it's one of the, I mean, there's dozens of things, but in this particular case, it's like, oh, we, we went from the CDF, which sounded admittedly like some sort of corporate body in, you know, like it should be traded on the stock market or something like that. And so not a huge fan, but tremendously better than DDF. And to go from congregation to dicastery, what is like, what is a dicastery? What is a diecast? Is it called a diecast? Because it sounds like two castings. Die, cast. And I'm not entirely sure what they were trying to do there. It sounds fancy. It's like, oh, yes, we're, we're headed up to the dicastery to see. But, I mean, let's be real. What the heck does the word dicastery even mean? In fact, we're going to take a second while I'm blabbing on. And what's the phrase I'm looking for? Um... Oh, I can't even remember. Um, they do it in Congress. Filibuster. That's right. <clears throat> While I filibuster, I'm going to go ahead and look up the word dicastery because I don't. <clears throat> uh, the name of some departments in the Roman Curia. That's helpful. The court is the, uh, let's see, the meaning of dicastery is the court is composed of the diecasts. What? Can I tell you that that actually, like, what? 
Is the court is com- is the court composed of the got diecasts? What is a diecast? That is totally and thoroughly unhelpful. I literally just got done saying that I have no idea what these mean. <clears throat> and they just didn't help. An ancient Athenian performing the functions of both judge and juror at a trial. Oh. Diecast. Wow. A citizen eligible to sit as a judge. A court of judges. In ancient Greece, a diecast was a person who acted as both a judge and a juror. So a dicastery is a court of judges and jurors. Okay. So judges, so a court of judges and jurors for the doctrine of the faith. I gotta be honest with you, now that I know the meaning of the word diecast, I think I'd rather go back to holy office of the Inquisition. I'm not even joking. Like at this, but like but that's terrifying. So a whole bunch so a court of people who have been appointed, and by the way, it's a citizen eligible to sit as a judge, which doesn't really hold mean like a whole lot. My goodness. Okay. So the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. The DDF. Which sounds too much like the DTF. Which, as I said, not entirely too vulgar for me to say on this podcast. And everybody who's been... And what's really, really funny is thus far, I haven't heard of anybody who has been appointed to the Dicastery of the Doctrine of the Faith who is not actually DTF which is really, really terrible. (sighs) Gracious. I think I... You ever find something out and then you kind of wish you didn't know? I think I was better off in ignorance on that. Like, seriously, I think I was better off in ignorance on that. So anyway, appointed to the Dicastery of the Doctrine of the Faith, to the DDF, is a cardinal who... What was it he said? Oh, yeah, he was definitely DTF. <clears throat> he wrote a book entitled Heal Me With Your Mouth. Something to do with the healing attributes of kissing or some junk. And this is a cardinal. Now, I... Maybe there was some really good stuff in the book. I doubt it. They say never judge a book by its cover. I do I do honestly kind of believe that you can judge a book by its title. Um, and Heal Me With Your Mouth is a, is a far cry from what I would like a book to. Like, if it was a cardinal, Heal Me With Your Mouth would not be Heal with Me With Your Mouth. A cardinal should have a book entitled Heal Me With Your Voice. See the difference? Such a difference there. There's a huge difference between healing someone with song, with speech, with counsel, and healing someone with 
I, I don't even want to say it because it's actually like it really is kind of disgusting, and that it, and that this is a book by a cardinal. <clears throat> the cardinal, who is diecast prefect for the court of judges and jurors of the doctrine of the faith. Blech. That's the head judge. The head judge for the doctrine of the faith is a guy who wrote a book, Heal Me With Your Mouth. That, by the way, when, you're, when you are in charge of, the, of the, what was the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, or the, um, you know, as it was known back in the day, the Holy Office of the Inquisition, the guy who was the leader of that organization was the most papabile. Really, really weird word to say. I got some weird words. Anyway, but he was the most papable of the cardinals. And so heal me with your mouth guy as of right now, as things stand, is the most papable of the cardinals. He is the most likely to be the next successor of St. Peter. And if that was, honestly, truly, I wish that was the only news. They removed Bishop Strickland, they put that guy in there, and I say by they, okay, I'm going to put it this way. So the Pope often can say we, in the royal we sense of like the royal we. So I'm going to use the royal they. They put heal me with your mouth guy in charge of the doctrine of the faith. And then and then they fire Bishop Joseph Strickland, who apparently was entirely too orthodox. And if that weren't enough, I do want to get back to the Bishop Strickland thing, but there was a thing that popped into my head just now. And if that weren't enough, this last week we had the revelation that the, that the Vatican is coming, trying to cook up a way to turn the College of Cardinals, the papal electors, into a more synodal, the synod and synodality format, where they're talking about having the laity contribute as much as 25% of the vote for the next pope. Now, I don't know if they're doing this. I don't know if they're like if they're going to manage to pull it off, but if they do, I will tell you right now. This podcast, which is to say this particular Catholic, will immediately declare any pope that was elected in part in part or as a whole by the laity, particularly in this particular sense with this particular chemi uh, uh, chemical makeup of where the Vatican is right now, whoever that elects, that is an anti-pope. Period. Full stop. Now, by some miracle, the Holy Ghost comes in and breaks the wrist of all of these people and actually votes somebody in who's good, or, as is more likely the case, as soon as the next guy picks up, picks up the royal mantle of, of the, the pontificate, and the Holy Ghost goes in and breaks the stone casing off of that guy's heart and turns him into the most holy pope ever? Great. Gonna need to see some evidence of that. But they're talking about the laity contributing their contribution. So we're gonna have a bunch of non-Catholics, because let's be real. We, 
we like to speak of things in charity, you know, like the uncatechized, poorly catechized Catholics. You know, they're still Catholics, but, you know, they, they just don't understand the faith. Okay. <clears throat> it's polite to say that. It's not judgmental. But it also skirts around the fact. And the fact is, is that a poorly catechized Catholic is not Catholic. Period. They're members of the church. They're tr striving for all of that stuff. But as long as their catechesis is poorly formed, as long as, as, as long as their consciences are not properly formed in the faith, I love you. You're my brother. You're baptized. You're not Catholic. The whole point behind being in the Catholic Church, the whole point behind, behind pursuing the sacrament, you know, making use of the sacraments and doing all of those things. The whole point is not so that we can be in some <clears throat> highfalutin heavenly golf club. We are here to embrace the cross of Christ. We are here to bring truth, goodness, and beauty to the world. We are here to shine the light upon the mountaintops and declare the word that was made flesh and became man, whose glory we, we beheld. We're here to declare that truth, that king, and that kingdom. And anything that's not that is either vapid, vain, or vulgar. I think I may have watched V for Vendetta too recently. I think that's where that went. Um... <clears throat> Plus, I really do love the word vapid. We don't use it enough. For those of you who don't know, um, vapid is to vapor the way stupid is to stupor. So vapid means vapor, you know, vaporous or inconsequential, barely tangible. Just like stupor means silence, and so stupid means someone who is silent. Similar to the word dumb actually means mute. Someone struck dumb, they're not struck stupid. You know, they're not struck ignorant or moronic. They're not struck retarded. They're actually struck silent. <clears throat> the <clears throat> the idea that they can get away with these things is laughable. You and I both know, both know that God will not be mocked. This ape of the church is only going to be allowed to prosper until God has had enough, and then he's just going to wipe it clean. Just like we have been allowed to prosper long enough, and eventually God is going to wipe us clean because we refuse to repent. Now, not everybody, but I'm talking like now I'm actually speaking broad strokes, large scale society, you know, society writ large. So, the United States is going to be eradicated because the United States has done enough evil in the world to warrant eradication. And more than that, the United States is not actually taking time out to repent. The people are not rising up and dethroning these monsters who are committing all of these atrocities worldwide. The people are not, I mean, let's be real for just a moment. Let's run down the list of a few things that by themselves 
given given the nature of the people who were exposed to it and who may well may very well be complicit in it the minor items are enough to actually condemn an entire nation what minor items am i talking about well currently in office the one who we allowed to be emplaced in the Oval Office has clearly been the subject and recipient of bribes. He is clearly a political cover-up artist. He is clearly a fully 100% corrupt. He has used his son as a bagman, as though his family was a mob family. His son, his brother, his sister are all complicit in many of these crimes that go up to, at a minimum, they go up barely up to, like right up to the line of treason, but in some cases are absolutely on the other side of the line of treason based on the bribes that they've received. So for example, and this is the thing, like, we're like, well, it's bribery. It's not exactly treason. No, no. Let me take you back to a nice fictional depiction. Let's go back to Frank Miller's The 300. Y'all remember the movie. It was the abs, it was the abs-centric movie of the of the year this as sparta where the spartans got to be rehabilitated from their own boy loving <clears throat> so <clears throat> the spartans have a council or they have uh, not a council it's because remember that sparta is basically um a, a democracy so all of the men are gathered in council and they're talking about whether or not they should go to war and this, that, and the third, right? And they were like, well, we've got a major holiday. The gods must be honored, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And the guy who comes out and preaches the most violently, the most vehemently against the idea of Sparta, Sparta going to war is on, the, is, on the, is, on the, is on the take. The traitor, and I think his name actually in the story actually translates to traitor. No, 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 that was Epialtes. Um, <clears throat> but the traitor, the one who... Um, forces, what's the word? Uh, forces a situation between himself and the queen. You know, he comes out and publicly humiliates her. And then she, and then she stabs him in the gut. And in so doing, cuts loose the pouch of gold coins. The gold coins fall to the floor. They look at the gold, they see that it's stamped with the Persian king's mark, and they realize that he has been taking bribes from the Persians. And what do they call him? Traitor! So bribery is hand-in-hand hand with treason. And we understand this. Now, I use the 300 because that's a much more visual, because a lot of people saw the movie when it came out, and it's a much more vivid and visceral vision. There's those V's again. I love it. Um, but the reality is, is that we understand Judas was a traitor because he took the bribe of 30 pieces of silver, which of course in today's money is like nothing, but he took the bribe and 30 pieces of silver and betrayed our Lord to Herod, Annas, Caiaphas, and Pilate. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Bribery has always been part and parcel with treason. We don't look at it that way. It was like, oh, well, it's just bribery. Wrong. Bribery is part and parcel with treason. Why? Because if you take the bribe, you are taking the bribe in order to fulfill something that is against your oath. Now, in, in the United States today, we call it lobbying. Oh, well, they were a lobbyist. Well, why do we have lobbyists, especially lobbying groups that, that, are, that are founded and funded by international interests, people outside the United States, why do they have to register as agents under the law, um, under FARA, the Foreign Agent Registration Act? Because those things that those foreign agencies, those foreign bodies are trying to influence may be contraventive to the United States' sovereignty, to the United States' goals, and to the good of the people of the United States. It may be contrary to all of those things. That's why foreign agents, when they're lobbying, they have to register. It's so people will know, well, this guy took money from Saudi Arabia, and that guy took money from Outer Mongolia, and this guy took money from Vietnam, and that guy took money from Brazil. It's so we know that this, and the funny thing, and we allow it to happen because we have separated bribery from treason, but it is treason. And what have we received? We have received massive unemployment. We have received the inability of an entire generation 
to provide for their posterity. We have received massive inflation. We have received poverty, drugs, homelessness, death, disease, mayhem, abortion, injustice of all forms. And these things have been let loose on our nation as a chastisement for our failure to comprehend that if you allow someone who is supposed to be representative of your nation to instead be bought and paid for by any other interest, then you have allowed those people who were supposed to lead you to commit treason against you. Why are all of these things happening? Because we have, we have fooled ourselves into thinking that money does not equal treason. We have fooled ourselves into thinking that we can get a, that it's okay for all of these other things to be enacted. Well, what have we gotten? They defunded the police. They've promoted Marxism. Marxism, which is, which is deathly anti-Catholic and therefore anti-Christian. They've promoted socialism. We have chaos because these idiots don't know if they should pay money to Israel or pay money to Palestine, but money to both of them is money to Antichrist. Israel, in the secular use of the word, is Antichrist. They're not the Antichrist. They are Antichrist. They don't believe in Christ. They want to rebuild the third temple so that they can begin to resume, so that they can resume the animal sacrifice. Animal sacrifices. I mean, come on, dog. Let's be real for just a minute. Does that even sound like that is in any way, shape, or form in line with what Christ taught? So why would we be aiding and abetting that? On the other side of it, you've got Palestine. Bunch of murderous, maniacal, post-Aryan Aryans. I mean, that's really basically what they are. It's a bunch of heretics. Deny the divinity of Christ. Oh, he was a great prophet. Oh, okay, cool. Well, let's have a look at your rule system. Oh, your rule system doesn't follow the Ten Commandments. That's weird. Ours does, and it does in the absolute. Your rule system makes exceptions for everybody, not you. Well, that's weird. Maybe that's anti-Christian. Maybe that's anti-Christ. Maybe we should not support that. But we're given this, this choice, this false choice, between two things that are both anti-Christ. Oh, well, you know, Israel's the lesser of two evils. Not as far as I'm concerned. Think about this for a moment. Muslims may want to kill everybody who, who doesn't convert, but they didn't kill God. That's just a fact. So you're going to somehow tell me that the nation state of Israel, which does not want to see Christianity, does not want to see the rule of Christ the King. I mean, they want their Messiah, but their Messiah is not the Messiah. The Messiah came. The Messiah saw. The Messiah conquered. And they missed the boat. Because that is possible when you're not paying attention. I mean, they killed all their prophets, so why wouldn't they kill God? We're given this false choice between support between those. We've allowed, oh, just this week, just this week, we got our butts kicked on the abortion issue. Why? Because most people weren't even paying attention. God help the heuristic thinking and complacency of all these people. First off, the people who even suggested the amendment 
should be pulled out into the streets, tarred, feathered, maybe crucified and flayed, in all honesty. Burn them at the stake. I gotta be, like, I'm gonna be blunt. Everybody who keeps proposing these rules to enshrine into law the murder of children, we're not even like, oh, hey, we like we're not even coming at this from the right direction. They're like, well, you know, maybe we should go this way with the pro-life movement. Sorry, loser. No. Is it lawful to murder? Because if it's unlawful to murder, then it is unlawful to murder whether it's a six-month fetus or a 99-year-old demented geriatric. It is unlawful to murder. And everything in between, and even some beyond, because I know I stopped at 99 years old and some people live to be like 120. <clears throat> it is unlawful to murder, period, full stop. That's it, end of story. You're not allowed to kill an innocent life. There is no such thing as sacrifice. Like there, <laughs> ah! Sacrifice can only be chosen by the person making the sacrifice. So the woman who's making the sacrifice, oh, well, I have to sacrifice my baby so that we can do blah. Wrong. You are not making a sacrifice. You are murdering. You should be treated just like every other murder throughout, murderer throughout history. It was a death penalty offense. It wasn't just excommunication. It was a death penalty offense for a thousand years. And we have allowed what most people understood, what even the pagan Roman, do you not understand, dear family? One of the reasons why, why Cicero was in the Senate talking, saying, and another thing, Carthage is to be destroyed. Carthage is destroyed. Carthagena messa delenda. Do you know why they were so hell-bent on that? Because in the city of Carthage, they promoted child sacrifice. There are theologians who believe that that was the principal reason why God chose Rome as the seat of Peter. Because Herod went out and slaughtered the innocents of Bethlehem in an attempt to kill the Christ child. And Rome wanted nothing more than the destruction of a city whose foundation was built on the murder of children. And we have allowed that to permeate our culture. The, the murder of children has permeated our culture over the last 50, what, 50 years now? 50 years. 66 million children have been murdered. 66 million Children have been murdered, butchered in the womb. And you can find the pictures of what it is that they do to these children in order to get them out of the mother's womb. It is awful. We don't even do that. Like, you understand that what we do to children to get them out of the mother's womb, we don't even do 
to terrorists. What we do to children in order to get them out of the mother's womb has not been done since the Christians were being persecuted. And even that was to full-grown men. <sighs> and it's 66 million inside our own country. Dear family, let's put this in perspective for just one moment. With the recent influx of, ten, of at least 10 million illegal immigrants, the population of the United States, citizen and infidel, is right around 360, 365 million. One in six. That's greater than a decimation. Do you not understand? What does it mean to decimate? To decimate means to kill one in 10. One in 10. And we're up to one in six. Do you not understand? At some point, God is going to kind of want recompense for 66 million dead just in this country alone. To say nothing of the fact that we have actually eradicated the equivalent of the population of India worldwide in child murder. Promoted by Planned Parenthood. Promoted by Margaret Sanger. Promoted by the Nazis. Promoted by the fascists. Promoted by the socialists. Promoted by the communists. Promoted by anyone who follows any form of Marxism and or liberation theology. This has been promoted by all of them. One and a half billion children have been murdered. Dear family, I would argue that it would have been better for us to go to war with India and to nuke them out of existence than to permit the murder of one and a half billion innocents around the world. And we, these United States, served as the headquarters for that movement around the world. And we serve it still. Yes, we have proxy, proxy states with organizations like the World Economic Forum. You know, the whole Davos crowd and the Bilderbergs and whatever. But we, these United States, have served as the headquarters for that monstrosity. And at some point, those chickens are going to come home to roost. And when they do, neither good nor bad will be spared. Now, I say all of that to say this. For the Catholics who are outraged, who are appalled and horrified at the removal of Bishop Joseph Strickland from his post at the in the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, good, you're awake. You're paying attention. Now we have to awake, O oh sleeper. We have to stop allowing our heuristic thought processes now for the, okay, so I use the word heuristic. I should probably explain it because um, not everybody's going to know right off the jump what this word is. Heuristic thought processes are shortcuts, mental shortcuts that our brains take in order to increase the facility, the ease of which we accomplish specific tasks. And 
heuristic thought processes are shortcuts. They present themselves as, oh, I was man I managed to be much, much faster at doing X, Y, and Z tasks. Well, that is not actually true because what your brain has done is it has removed what it believes to be non-essential from its thought process so that you can follow a sequence that is far more streamlined. Now, in aviation maintenance, and as you, as you should well know, I'm an aircraft mechanic, in aviation maintenance, those shortcuts are almost always potentially lethal. It means, well, we're going to do X, Y, and Z in order to get this done in half the time. Well, if you don't make sure to review the process that you have, that you have while you're making those repairs, you might not replace an O-ring, or you might not replace a gasket, or you might use the wrong lubricant to replace a particular gasket. Now, this doesn't seem like it's all that big a deal, but gaskets and O-rings are the things that keep the lifeblood of the aircraft flowing. What do I mean by lifeblood of the aircraft? Well, I'm talking about hydraulic fluid. I'm talking about bleed air. I'm talking about fuel. I'm talking about the things that literally keep the aircraft aloft in the air. So if you use the wrong lubricant, say on an O-ring for a fuel tank, and that O-ring degrades because there's a chemical reaction between the lubricant and the O-ring itself, then you now have busted a fuel leak in a tank that can hold 20, 30, 50,000 gallons of fuel. To put it in perspective, the average aircraft that I work on, it's right between about five and 6,000 gallons of fuel. Or, it is a very, very large quantity. If you lose that fuel, that turbine stops working. The aircraft falls out of the sky. And that is assuming you're lucky and it does that. Because the worst case scenario is that the O-ring gets eaten away, the fuel now sprays into the airplane, the electrical systems spark the fuel vapors, and the aircraft turns into a ball of fire as it falls out of the sky. <clears throat> so in my industry, we are very keen to try to limit the capacity and the tendency of our mechanics to take shortcuts. Because if we allow too many shortcuts, airplanes catch on fire and fall out of the sky. And at a minimum, 30, 50, 200, 500 people, whoever, however many people were on the airplane, at a minimum, that's the number of people who will die. And taking an extremis, like an aircraft that may be slightly off course and falls out of the sky just over Cleveland, Ohio, or some such, and now hundreds, if not thousands of people have now been killed. And we have seen what happens when aircraft are permitted to be used as weapons, what happens when it's a weapon by accident and it kills three or 4,000 people. Now, I'm talking about heuristic processes in that manner because we as a people, particularly in every democracy on the earth, we have failed to, it's weird because we're schizophrenic in our thought processes. So the, the key feature in every, in every citizen of any republic or democracy is I have my freedom, I will make my own decisions, I will guide my own life because why do we do it? Because we don't actually trust other people to make those choices. 
and then we turn around and vote people into office who make those choices so we don't have to. This system is fine if there are a plethora of wholly good people who are running for office. But who runs for office? The knave, the brigand, the con man, the zealot, who really doesn't know the difference between right and wrong, but he certainly thinks he does. And over time, as all of them are worn down, they eventually just all become con men. They're allowed to be bought and paid for by other countries. Which is what we have now. Well, now that's weird. Because I don't know about you. I'd rather a kingdom. Yes, there are very few in the way of Blessed Karl of Austria. Or St. Louis or St. King Louis IX. They're very few. Many of them turn out to be more um, <clears throat> uh, King John or Julian the Apostate. Many of them turn out to be kind of crappy. But even the moderate ones end up taking upon that, like, because, because, and this is probably the thing that people don't really understand, is everybody who's ever been elected to office, the moment that you pick up the responsibilities of those office, of, of the whatever office you happen to be in, God will hold you accountability accountable for those offices. They, he will hold you. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of elected officials from these United States who are burning in hell because they had the hubris, the chutzpah, the balls, the unmitigated gall to run for office and believe that they could do it better than whoever else. Dear family, I assure you, every elected official who has ever been chosen for the office, for any office in these United States, every last one of them is in hell. The church doesn't teach this except by inference. And when you take up the mantle of the office, you are responsible for that office. And if Queen Isabella cannot be saved, from corruption, from physical corruption. If the queen cannot be saved such that St. Charles Borromeo rejects all political office and instead goes off to become one of the greatest saints of the church, do rest assured, dear family, every politician who has ever been elected to any office anywhere in the world, any politician, they are all in hell because not a one of them has ever shown Christian virtue to the degree necessary to be a mark of predestination for salvation. <clears throat> Indeed, I would argue that if you choose to run for political office, you are choosing damnation. Now, don't take it from me. I am a mechanic. I'm not a church father. I'm not a doctor of the church. It just appears to me that this is the way things work, and that seems to be what the outcome is. You could actually make a better case that, that to refuse to, to cast a vote for a politician is to refuse to participate in their damnation. 
Now, some people might be reaching for it. In my case, I've got about 15 reasons not to participate. And they all started with, this country betrayed me, I'm not going to cooperate with them. So that was actually at the start. I was betrayed by my own country, I will not cooperate with this system. My country is, my, my, the government of my nation has, be, has become anathema city. That was where my post starts. All of these other arguments are now actually subsequent to that. But it stands to reason that to not vote for a political candidate is to choose to not place them in spiritual harm's way. Plus, I mean, let's be real. All of these systems need to hurry up and collapse. The sooner we yank this Band-Aid off and dump a whole bunch of clean water and alcohol and iodine on all of these wounds, the better. The better. Because if we don't do the repentance, if we don't do the penance for our many, many transgressions, I don't even want to think about what God is about to do to us. I really don't. Because you can see the evidence of it every day. We have a Pope like Francis because we as a people, as a Catholic people, deserve Francis. We are getting what we deserve. Simultaneously, however, fortunately, he is waking a lot of people up. And with this latest firing, with the, with, with the firing of Joseph Strickland and the hiring of Father Rupnik, And by the way, those are said not out of disrespect for the good bishop. Um, it was simply uh, conversational rhythm. <clears throat> this last example seems to be shaking a lot of people awake, and that is good. What we have to do now is actually push people in the right direction. We have to get people to stop using their heuristic processes. We have to get people to stop taking the shortcuts. We have to actually be active in every moment of our lives. And by the way, for those of you who are like, well, I mean, but that seems kind of hard to do. Well, yes, yes, it does. It does. I just learned this lesson again last night. That I have to be actively involved in every moment of my life. Otherwise, I'm going to do something. I'm going to slide into something. I'm going to forget something. And boom, over again. Back to the beginning. So while it is a travesty that His Excellency Joseph Strickland has been removed from the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, it is a good thing that people are paying attention, that we're waking up, that we're beginning to realize that we have to take an active role in everything in our lives. We must actively embrace the cross. If you let your guard down even for a moment, it's over. Pray for the church. Pray for the good bishop. Pray for the conversion of Francis and all of his morons. Pray that we go back to the Holy Office of the Inquisition. Pray that the Pope puts back on his tiara. Pray, dear family, that Our Lady's Immaculate Heart will triumph in such a manner that does not include the, the rampant bloodshed across the earth like it looks like it's going to require. Fast and do penance and pray for all of us in Catholic social media. We need it. 
This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.